What is a best practice? What makes something a best practice? And do best practices change over time? Are frequent questions asked by accounts payable accounting, finance, and treasury professionals? Let's dive into the topic in a little more depth. Stick around until the end when we discuss why best practices change and what should not be the driving force behind adopting a best practice, Um, best practice or not. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, your one-stop shopping for cutting-edge business intelligence, whether you work in, manage, or have responsibility for the accounts payable function. Webster's Dictionary defines a best practice as a procedure that has been shown by research and experience to produce optimal results and that is established or proposed as a standard suitable for widespread adoption. Wow. Now, what does that mean when it comes to accounts payable or, for that matter, any other accounting function? It is a practice that, and this is in an order of importance, okay? Number one, includes tight controls, okay? It puts controls on the process. So the controls will help you fight fraud and other poor outcomes, such as if you're in accounts payable, duplicate payments, multiple entries in the master vendor file for the same vendor. If you're in HR, you might say it is a practice that means the company complies with all state and federal regulations while keeping employees motivated. That might also apply to AP and accounting also. Okay, so control. There's a lot of controls around whatever is being proposed. Next issue, efficiency. The practice that's being proposed or that's being established as a best practice must improve efficiency of course, without giving up controls, okay? So it has to be a more effective way of doing whatever the particular task is, not just that it's some new, you know, uh, high-fangled, you know, high-tech, whatever it is, okay? So it must make your whole process more efficient. And by the way, when we talk about efficiency, we're not only talking about the uh, one particular task at hand, we're also talking about the whole, the function as a whole. So sometimes, especially in accounts payable, somebody will propose a, a particular change, which might make that person's job more efficient, more effective, but creates problems down down the road. And my favorite example of this is, for example, if your AP folks are doing your GL coding and somebody realizes that it would be much easier to code everything to miscellaneous instead of going and actually finding out what the correct GL code, well, that might approve the efficiency of getting invoices processed, but it certainly would make your accountants um, less efficient when they had to go and figure out what was the right code, when they had to find these items, and of course, when it came to your financial statements and other reporting that was uh, uh, it's being done. So, it must uh, make the process more efficient and everybody, not just, you know, one person. Because we're not an island. We're all in this together. Um, next issue is uh, revolves around reporting. And it should improve the either the efficiency of your uh, reporting or the accuracy. Okay. So going back to my GL um, example, uh, when you code everything to miscellaneous, that does not give you accurate reporting. It doesn't give you a good picture of what's going on. Yes, you know what's being spent in total, for example, but you don't know where it's being spent and if it's being spent um, effectively. So you want to keep in mind whatever reporting is being done. Okay, next issue, and one, you know, that is often overlooked, but it's becoming increasingly important and we need to all focus on it. And that is regulatory compliance. Whatever the new practice is or the best practice is, it must 
absolutely must incorporate the necessary tasks that will permit accurate and efficient regulatory reporting. So going back to my favorite accounts payable example, um, when we have our accounts payable process, one of the things that's a recommended best practice is that a W-9 is collected from every supplier. Now, this certainly when you're talking about setting up a vendor and getting an invoice paid, doesn't make the um, accounts payable team that's working on it more efficient or more effective. It's going to actually take more time instead of less time. But again, we've got to look at the operation as a whole, not just our one little task. And so getting the W-9, even if it means going back to the vendor several times to request it, is, is a best practice because we want at the end of the year to be able to produce our 1099s and we want to be in compliance with all state and federal um, rules. And by the way, when we talk about regulatory compliance, it's not only on the federal level, it's also on the state level. And in a few cases, we're also talking about cities, okay? All right, next issue. And this relates around cost and expenses, okay? Ideally, it will reduce costs. Now, this may not always be the case. So, for example, collecting that W-9 certainly doesn't reduce your costs of setting up a vendor or setting um, processing an invoice. Also, some of the new verifications that we insist on um, accounts payable teams doing regarding change of bank account uh, requests that might come in by email, that certainly does not make your process more cost effective, although it does make you more effective in total because you're not going to fall for a fraud. So it's it's tightening controls. So that's why we want to look at costs. They are a factor, okay? And, and for example, that was why when we first started seeing invoice automation models over 20 years ago now, I've been looking at this stuff for over 20 years, um, that was not, nowhere close to being a best practice because those models cost, you know, a million, two million dollars, a lot of money, okay? And unless you were a huge company, that did not make sense. Now, we know a lot of that has changed today. And so for many, but not all, um, automation may be a best practice, okay? So we've got to keep um, cost in mind, all right, but not necessarily realize that it, in some cases it won't reduce costs because of the other issues we, we've discussed. Now, I promise to describe the one fact that should not override everything else. But before we get to that, just one second, and I'd like to remind you that we tackle the big accounts payable and payment issues on Tuesdays and Thursdays on this channel. And occasionally on Saturdays, we have a little Wordle fun. So please, when you're finished with this video, check out our over, 400, uh, over 300 videos that will help you explain expand your accounts payable and payment knowledge. Okay. Now, I'm hoping that you've already figured out from what I've said so far that cost re cost reduction or expense reduction while is absolutely desirable. Let me make it clear. I am all in favor of lower costs, but it should not be the driving force causing organizations to ignore other components like the control issue that we um, we discussed or I've discussed in detail, okay? That could turn out in the long run to be a very costly decision. So for example, going back to uh, my example about verifying change of bank account requests, yeah, that takes time, which then time uh, translates into money. And you may, you know, 
verifying 50, 100. And you may say, you know what? Every time we call up and we ver- we, at- we try and verify, they say, yes, yes, it's it's correct. So you know what? We're going to stop doing that because that it, it's wasting time and we're not getting anything out of it. And then that one time that you don't verify, it turns out you send a million dollars to someone that and you can't get the money back, okay? So not cost effective in the long run, okay? So yes, cost uh, expense reduction, really, you know, important, especially today, but don't let it be the number one factor that causes you to lose sight of some of the other things that we do. Now, as far as best practices being written in stone, the answer to that is no, they definitely are not. And why is this? Because we have new frauds, new technology, new regulatory reporting requirements that mean we need to continually be on our toes to identify these new issues and adapt. It's also why, by the way, AP Now is devoting the whole month of March to best practices, and we'll be releasing a new video every day on best practices. Now, before you get too impressed, um, let me be honest, okay? Some of them, a lot of them, will be short. They'll be very short for that matter. They'll be what we call YouTube shorts, and the requirement for those is that they'll be under one minute long, so they'll be really short, quick tips, but we'll have our regular longer videos um, like this. We're going to put them all in a playlist, one both long and short, and then we'll make another one for the for the shorts, um, and you can watch them right now using the link that will appear momentarily on your, your screen and is in the show notes below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your comments, and your subscribes. Good luck.